Bob Elliott is sick. He has a cold. And uh, before we go any further, I want to establish the fact that Bob isn't here because he has a cold. Got a cold, can't I tell you? Yeah, I can't come into work today. So uh, I'm hanging by my thumbs for the next 29 minutes or so, and we hope that you'll all hang by your thumbs with us. We've arranged a swell program. Uh, just a moment, gentlemen, please. All right. We haven't arranged anything, and uh, it's pretty much hit. And it'll be exactly that, not even a miss, not even a near miss. Well, there's a lovely miss. How do you do, young, strapping young lady? Uh, that's Mr. Britt's secretary, boys. Yeah, that's young Britt Crow. Hey, Aunt, uh, her name is uh, Veronica Lovett. And she hails from the beloved township of Thompson. Uh, and she commutes every day on the bus, up and down, up and down on the bus, every day to and fro. Uh, come in here, Rona. We call her Rona. Her real name is Veronica. Verona Fitzgerald. Uh, Rona, would you care to tell us today, uh, first of all, uh, your your address in time, so we can all write you both times. Where's so Thirdly Avenue? Oh, it is not Thirdly Avenue, Rona. And Rona, you don't have to yell at me, Michael. Just talk and go. Well, just make like I'm Mr. Britt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and just talk back in the natural tone voice. Uh, Rona, you, of course, have made your first movie. Uh, what is your second one going to be, and when are they going to start shooting? We haven't decided yet. But uh, it is going to be uh, a Western type, isn't it? Yes, uh-huh. And you're to portray the uh, what? Well, I'm the the school teacher. No, I'm the heroine. You're the heroine. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> She's a heroine. Well, weenie time, uh, uh, Halloweeny, you'll be here. And uh, that reminds me, somebody used to have a recipe for Halloweeny. Do you remember that? To serve at Halloween? You get a load of hot dogs and take out the insides and serve Halloweenies. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rona, getting back to you, you gorgeous thing, uh, what brings you up here today? Well, I didn't have anything else to do, Red. You didn't have another thing to do? Is Mr. Britt listening, I wonder? I hope not. <laughs> well, I won't get you into trouble. Of course, Jim, I suppose, is practically through for the season. He and Red Marsden uh, have put their two heads together and have put them in the frigid hair for the winter. And uh, they won't be back, I suppose, until next spring, although Jim does have his sports show every evening here. And, of course, Jim does football. Oh, yeah, and basketball. What, what games will Jim be doing next week, for instance? Give us a preview. No, I wouldn't know, Ray. What kind of a secretary <laughs> is this? What song are you going to sing, Donna? Uh, what would you like me to sing? Do you know anything that's real romantic, too? <laughs> oh, yes. Do you really? Is it cleared, ASCAP cleared, and music room cleared and all? Well, how about you singing, Ray? Would you like me to sing? Oh, I oh I'm glad she has. That's it. I'll do it. I'd love to live. In love land With a 
who wrote the ever-popular ballad, Thirdly. But now I think it's time for Ken Wilson, Bill Green, as they put their two collective typeheads together and play the ever-popular danceable melody. What is it? Night Ride. Oh, boy. <laughs> About the World Series and things like that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, with the uh, help of uh, uh, Red Marsden, bring Earl Torgerson. I tell you, after the program someday soon, and Earl, uh, I might mention, as you all know, uh, led both teams in hitting during the past series. And Earl was the only fellow that didn't have a ghost rider. <laughs> he was the only one that should have had one, too. Eddie Stanky, of course, does a job for the winter. He, uh, he's assuming the editorship of the New York Herald Tribune. Uh, Red Barrett is becoming associate editor of Time, Fortune, and Life magazine because of his uh, journalistic experience during the series. Who else? Uh, Bob Feller, uh, Jeff Heath, the Jeffrey Heath. Uh, he is becoming a consultant, I imagine, uh, to John Hopkins, uh, where his leg will be down there for three or four weeks. Everybody looks at it. And uh, Jeff, of course, is a very excellent writer, as was attested by his column. Now, who else wrote? Everybody had a ghostwriter in it. Billy Southworth, manager Billy Southworth, he also has gone west, home to Sunbury, Ohio, where he will write editorials, I suppose, for the Columbus Dispatch or something. So everybody uh, in baseball now has turned to journalism and uh, for the whole winter season. But we're going to try and get Earl Torgerson up here and ask him a few questions. Ask him about that prize-hungry nine team he used to play with out in... Uh, ever tell you that story? Earl Torgerson, for, for a long time, of course, he's only a young fella, couldn't have been for many years. He uh, 
he played for a team out in the West Coast, up in uh, his native Washington, and he called them Fry's Hungry Nine because they were never paid. <laughs> Gerald Orgerson also had a picture on that team. He said that uh, one day they played on two feet of water, and that picture was so good, the ball didn't even get wet. Well, I don't know about that. But anyway, the World Series is over, and Gene Bidden isn't here, so we're going to bring up Earl Ferguson, we hope, someday soon. Uh, and the funny thing happened to me this morning. Yeah, I was coming down Commonwealth Avenue, and I thought I'd stop off at Brazefield for a last look to see. You know, I mean, it'd be closed down now, except for a few scattered football games. And I was filled with a bit of sentiment, and I thought I'd drop by Gaffney Street and look at Brazefield. So I go in under the stand, and there isn't a, now get this, there isn't a soul there, see? And here's this fellow standing with a microphone, Russell Faust, and he's the community opticians, New England's busiest, friendliest optical institute, and presents another outstanding series of baseball fans in New England. And so I, I hurried over to poor Russ, and I said, for the land sakes, the Goshen young man, the baseball season's all over. And he, and he said to me, well, here, he said, go on out, he said, grab these sunglasses, have fun in the sun, you look stunning. And uh, I might mention that poor Russ was burned to a crisp, except right around his eyes, you can tell he had been shaded all summer long. He looked real great. Russ, what are you going to do now uh, during the winter season? Uh, put people on the 50-yard line and... So forth or what? Uh, during the winter time, I'm going to try to shave my pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Yay! Yay! All right, all right. Do we have any sound effects for the West Peabody Speedway? We'll have that. Here's a sport that's new or new. Sport that's different. It's stock car racing. Wait a minute now. Hold up, you mean they're bringing in some of these stock cars from Chicago to race? Could that be it? Phew. America's newest real sensation, presented for the first time at the West Peabody Speedway. Uh, Friday night. Friday night, that is. Uh, you're writing it down, can I see? F-R-I-D-A-Y. Now, see this fast-growing sport. It's so fast and furious that drivers have to wear crash helmets and be strapped to their seats. It's BM Mayhem. Stock cars uh, with hopped-up motors rounding curves at speeds that defy the laws of gravity. In the studios this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, we have Edgar T. Gravity, who invented the law of. Uh, Edgar, would you come up, former congressman from the 15th uh, district. Would you come up here, sir, and tell us uh, about the law of gravity, please? I'll be very happy to indeed. Well, the law of gravity. Newton. Now, there were several Newtons. There was West Newton, Newtonville, Newton Corner, and uh, Newton Upper Falls, Newton Lower Falls, and then there's Newton Highlands, and there were all Newtons. Excuse me, just a moment. Uh, would you have some haze on you, please? Well, no, I tell you. Well, I'm not wearing you. my usual corset today. No, no, and no. I always have stays when I have No, I mean to keep your teeth in there running over onto my next commercial. Well, down to the dentist, uh, uh, they have a new dentist down there. I just finished my work. Name of Hopalong Cavity. Excuse me, I'm from the Federal Communications Commission. What's going on here? Who's this character? What's your name, sir? Oh, I just... Well, my name's Gooding. I asked no, 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 no
I don't care what you're doing. What about you there, Fatty? Hey, get your arm off of me, please, will you? Come on. Come on. Hey, stop that now. Well, Dr. Ordway, how did you solve that amazing crime? Well, it was simple. The guy came up to me and he confessed. You see what I mean? Oh, well. Uh, the next thing that we had promised to do today was the second of Ken Wilson and Joe Green's uh, musical offerings. This next one is an original. Uh, certainly, someone wrote it, and here it is. <laughs> About that sport I was talking about, uh, that P.M. mayhem with the stock cars with hopped-up motors rounding curves at speeds that defy the laws of gravity. Well, where do you go to see these first stock car races Friday night at the West Peabody Speedway? You go to the West Peabody Speedway, friends. That's where they are. The West Peabody Speedway is easy to reach, just 15 miles north of Boston Common on Route 120, just off the Newburyport Turnpike at the corner of Pine and Lake Streets in West Peabody. We all know... Finally, in the West Peabody, we're going to say. So that's where it is. The first race, 8.15 p.m. It'll cost adults $1.20, children 60 cents, uh, including tax. So that's it. $1.20 for you big fellas, 60 cents for the kids, including a tax. Out of the West Peabody Speedway, come Friday night for the first stock car races uh, around this 
administration of uh, the uh, first uh, uh, Iran PSC. Uh, 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 I am now a living friend, and don't you worry. I have done it several. I have done it several times. So don't give it a don't give it a thought. Now, let me see. Just the other day, I heard the fellow say, "Is it time for that now, or time?" Well, wait a minute before we let that go. Come over here, Mary, and uh, say hello to everybody. Thank you, Ray. Where's Bob, please? Well, he said uh, he has a nasty type bald cold. Oh, well, that's too bad. Maybe I could uh, wonder would he be listening in, Ray? Well, I don't really know. I don't suppose he would. Uh, why do you ask, Mary? Well, uh, I thought maybe, Ray, I could uh, give him my homespun remedy for cold. Is it in the throat, you know? I think it is, yes, because he sounded a lot like Basil Rathbone here this morning, or yesterday morning when he was around. I think it is in his throat. He's that or in his bronchial tube. Oh, not that. Poor young man. In his bronchial tubes, Ray. Yes, Mary. Isn't that a shame? Well, those young men. Well, here it is, anyway, if Bob is listening and there's some friend nearby, maybe he uh, could run over with the recipe to him. Uh, what I do is use duck fat. Hold up now, Mary, just a moment, please. <clears throat> What's this duck fat you speak of? Yeah, uh, I uh, cook and boil a duck. And uh, the fat solubles will come. Excuse me, Mary, what are you talking about? Fat solubles. For the land's sake, he has a cold. He's not hungry, particularly. Well, no way. For the land's sake, I'm not talking about his being hungry. Uh, this, I, I do. I take the fat off the top of the pot, and I put it in a sock. Now, I know that seems funny to you people listening, but uh, it really isn't if you have a cold. You'll try anything. Excuse me, Mary. I've come to the conclusion that the cheapest way to, to get rid of a cold is to buy a drugstore. No, that is not a sensible way. Absolutely not. Now, what I like about duck fat, it goes to work in 18 ways. And two of them aren't very nice. I'll say that. <laughs> land's sake, you lose, you lose every friend you ever own for the land's sake as you walk up and down the street with a sock full of duck fat around your neck. But that's what you do, and I suggest you sleep on it. On the duck fat, that is. And uh, you can make your bed up cozy-like with... Uh, yeah. Mary, did you hear what Mr. Wilson said? It's very funny. He said this is a foul recipe. <laughs> well, Ken has hidden talents. Land thinks he ain't no musician. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for the land's sake. Well, anyway, Bob, that's what to do. Uh, fill up your spark with duck fat and have a good time. And uh, write to me, won't you? Well, I think you'll be back tomorrow, Mary, really. I hope so, anyway. Thanks, Mary. Uh, sit down. Uh, eat all those marshmallows you want. <laughs> oh, here come Kay Arakayan. Miss Kay, go right ahead. Just the other day, I heard a fella say, Give me Mission Bell wine, because Mission Bell's fine. Pardon while I raise about the money that I save Buying Mission Bell wine, because Mission Bell's fine Drink it better wine, enjoy it day or night Here's the wine 
to test you and the price is right. The price is right. The price is right. Yes, indeed. That Vision Bell, America's finest wine, top quality at low, popular prices. Yes, from grape to glass, every step is in the hands of the Aracalian family. Take a tip, try a sip, enjoy a bottle today. That's why it's every day you hear everybody say, Give me Mission Bell wine, because Mission Bell wine, because Mission Bell wine, because Produced by K. Aracalian Incorporated, California, New York, and Chicago. And again, I'd like to remind you that Kay Arakadian is one of the busiest girls on the West Coast, turning out all that wine all the time. Well, good old Kay. And as Bob said, she has real purple hands, too, because all the wine is kept in the Arakadian family's hands. And they sell some of it, we're happy to say, and uh, you can buy it here in town. Uh, good old Sturdley Bill. Now, let me see what else uh, we have here. I don't believe there's anything of any importance. I was expecting a last-minute, uh, no, not a last-minute communication, uh, Bill. I, I was expecting a last-minute arrival of uh, Spike Sterling, the coach of ICU, and I'm, I'm only hoping that he'll get here before we sign off. Of course, we'll know when he arrives, a band starts playing, and then he sets off. Friends, I'd like to present now for the next few minutes. Spike, I know, uh, asking you to come up here on a busy Wednesday when you should be out with the uh, uh, team running over your uh, signals and so forth, and you tricky play for Saturday. I know it's been very kind of you to come up here and to give us your time. Okay. So, friends, uh, you sports lovers okay. in the audience, okay. here he is, uh, Spike Thirdly, coach at Indiana Collegiate University. So, that's all right. Spike, uh, your dynamic voice fills it with... Uh, uh, with remorse for your poor, poor team. I mean, I... I oh, we, we ain't working today. We ain't got no practice today. You see, the, the halfback, he run into a little difficulty. He was running around his own end, and he got all mixed up, and, and, and then they, you know what they do. Yeah, well, for the lady... Did you ever try to run around your own end? Yes, I said. Uh, uh, I said... Hey, it's trouble, you know. They got trouble when they do those things. Dr. Ordway, how did you talk? You take a big guy, you know. Well, it was very easy. This man came into my office one day. We want to thank uh, the makers of Spike Sturdy for sending him up this afternoon. Uh, uh, sure, I hope they don't bother again in the hurry. Do we have any more signs coming from you? We're due for one more. Let's see, we've had the West Peabody, we've had Basil Rathbone. When we've had Mission Bell. All right, well, that makes room for another song by those elegant balladeers, Ken Wilson and Billy Green. What is it, fellas? Tell us. Okay. Thank you. 
today with Bob and Ray. We'll be heard again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And uh, we hope that Bob will be with us at that time. Music on the program, Ken Wilson at the organ, Bill Green at the piano. Together they play an organ and a piano, and they're known as an organ-piano team. Uh, we certainly hope you can join us at 1 o'clock. Thank you, Red Bob House, for that very kind appearance. And I know you're going to thank us for that nice plug you got into your sponsor. Good morning, everybody. Uh, keep hanging by your thumb. Even if it means trouble. This is WHDH in Boston. WHDH in Boston.